Hello, and welcome to another episode of Mysterious AF. I'm Charles. And I'm Celeste. And we are so glad you're all here with us to talk about this new episode, episode <laughs> eight, uh, which we are, are calling or following the name of the Netflix or the documentary title, uh, The Devil and Father Amort. Yeah, this is our eighth episode, and Yay! you can find this on Netflix. And it was released in 2017. Oh, good. I didn't look that up. I'm <laughs> Did you get a synopsis? I wrote the synopsis. I always write down um, what Netflix go for says. Charles. <laughs> so Netflix says, in Rome, the exorcist, yes, that exorcist, the director, William Friedkin, follows a 91-year-old priest who performs a real demonic exorcism on a woman from a small Italian town. Mm. So Scary. Have you seen or read The Exorcist? I've seen it. Okay. By the time I saw it, I was not impressed. Probably because of all the other scary... I love scary movies. Mm-hmm. So by the time I got around to seeing The Exorcist, I'm like, this isn't scary. Like, why am I watching this? Okay. But Devil Possession freaks me out. Terrifying. Yeah. yeah. I didn't see this movie until I was in college. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was one of the like $5 bargain bins at Walmart. <laughs> and I was like, you know, I, I've wanted to see this movie. I'm just going to buy you it. just bought it. And so I bought it, and I'm watching it as I'm falling asleep, which I do with a lot of scary movies back then. Well, <laughs> so, yeah, so I'm watching scary movies, going Drug to bed. sleep. Yeah, and uh, I, the part where it flashes on the demon's face terrified me. Yeah, I, I don't know that. if you, yeah, it's just yeah. very brief glimpses of this person with, like, white makeup and red eyes, and it's, I mean, I've paused it since then, but I guess just that image was so striking to me as... Not a kid, but as a young adult, it was just terrifying to me. And I think the, um, I don't think it was in the first one. It's been a while since I've seen it. But like the later, like Exorcist 2 or 3, where they have that old woman climbing on the ceiling. I have not seen those. No, I've only seen just the regular vanilla Exorcist. There's one where he goes to like, I don't know if it's an old folks home or like a psych ward or something. But at some point, this old woman is like crawling around on the ceiling, ceiling that that's creepy. That freaked me out. Definitely. Yeah. I also read the book, though. Oh. I borrowed it from a friend's younger brother. Uh, the book was very good. Sorry, I just thought I heard a voice. I thought I heard a voice, too. <laughs> yeah, so book, good. If you yeah. are in the... It goes into a little bit more detail about, um, I guess, kind of how she's possessed and signs that were leading up to her possession. It was pretty, it was creepy. I, I enjoyed it very yeah. much. So, and a quick read. It wasn't super long. Well, so, um, I was very excited to watch this documentary where you. I, yes. I think, I think I told you about this. You did. Yeah. You yeah. told me about it. And then. Because I had just seen it in passing and I'm like, ooh, that's going to be good. Yeah. And then I think we watched the trailer together. Yeah, we did. And I was like, definitely that has to be our next one because it's fucking scary. <laughs> <laughs> And then it's a bit of a letdown. Yeah, yeah. So, spoiler. Spoiler alert. <laughs> uh, so this opening, we hear people praying in Latin. Yeah. I'm guessing it's it's pretty creepy. They kind of start you out like, I don't know, people praying in Latin, just chanting, mm. praying in Latin is kind of creepy. That's weird. You see an old man wandering down a hallway. Yeah, yes. And you, we get a voiceover from Friedkin um, who says he's, he never saw an exorcism and now he is. Yeah. So it's yeah. kind of cheesy. Like, Ooh. Yeah. You're intrigued, though. You are intrigued. Like, I've never seen an exorcism. No, I, I haven't, mean, who I has, haven't either. Really? Someone Not actually, I was talking to 
was telling me that people on their campus got in trouble. Oh, I was talking to you. You were talking. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. I've been, <laughs> I've had some wine and some sleep. So Charles has been traveling. <laughs> I have been traveling. But I'm glad you brought that up. Yes. Yes. Yeah. But I wasn't there, but I should have looked it up. I can't remember what the Christian college group it was, but like on my campus, I got in trouble for trying to perform an exorcism on a, on an epileptic of all things. Yeah. So we we're going to have to delve into that at some point, but I was about to say my Uber driver sometime was telling me about this. No, I was driving. It was Celeste. I was very sleep deprived. I'm was. sorry. He was delirious. <laughs> so look forward to that on a future podcast. We're going to delve into Celeste's dark past. Um, Christian conservative. <laughs> yes, exercising a poor epileptic person. Good Lord, who do does not, that? Do not do that. Yeah, yeah. Take your medicine. Don't. <laughs> so first, I guess we get introduced to Jeffrey Burton Russell, who is the author of The, the Prince, Prince of, of Darkness. Darkness. Yes, I love it. The more you open yourself to thinking about this stuff, and you start feeling about this stuff, the more room you allow with the supernatural power of evil to come in. He just kind of tells us to stay away from the devil, basically. Yeah, he I says mean, people shouldn't look into the subject of the devil. Yeah. It open If you open yourself, it allows more room for the power of supernatural evil. He's very dramatic about this. Yes. He's got a flair for drama. Flair for drama. He also looks a little bit like a hobbit, I thought. Not yeah, that definitely. Matters. Looks don't matter. However, it he just looked like a... Disheveled old man. <laughs> yeah, and I didn't look up um, his other works or, like, I... what his credentials were, but just the fact that he wrote a book called The Prince of Darkness. Yeah, it seems like he's wrote, uh, we find out later, he wrote several books right. on the devil, it seems like. Yeah, so when he says you shouldn't open yourself up, I mean, he talks about, I guess. I mean, you know, depression. buy his books yeah. about the devil, but also. <laughs> but don't read them. Don't read them. Just yeah, just buy, buy them. them. Yeah. <laughs> Then we get Friedkin. He says 500,000 Italians see an exorcist every year. That is insane. I'm sorry. Italy, I love you. You're beautiful. You got great clothes, shoes, purses. Mm -hmm. But what the hell? What's with all the exorcisms? Is it just a fad? Is it like a. Well, I I mean, I guess we kind of get into it when they talk to the neurologist about what people believe. But yeah, five. I mean,. 500,000, that's, like, bigger than the population of Wichita, which is where I'm from. At least I think at this point it is. But I'm just, like, every year there's that many people seeing an exorcist. How many people do you think go to to see a normal doctor? Like, oh, fuck, I got this headache. I better get to the exorcist. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I just, I'm very curious about that. And I need to get to Italy someday. Oh, yes. Um, So... Maybe we can take a podcast trip to Italy someday. Oh, we definitely should. <laughs> this is for science. <laughs> this is for science and research and... We'll have our exorcism done. We'll buy some shoes. 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 Oh my god, shoes. Shopping. And we'll look at the Colosseum. Okay. All right. Okay. As long as we can find some hot Italian men to give us massages too um... while we shop or something. Italian stallions all over the place. (laughs) This is a work trip only. No spouses allowed. (laughs) Sorry, Ryan. Sorry, Nate. Yeah. You'll understand. (laughs) So, yeah, I'm kind of curious to know how many people in the United States do. I mean, obviously, the United States is bigger than Italy. Right. 
But I wonder if it's the same. That's a good question. Hmm. I feel like it would be directly proportionate to the Catholic population. Oh, you're probably right. And during this, while he's telling us about this, he got his information from some newspapers, I think, some studies that they did. But you get, like, this video and sounds of people wailing and, like, they're kind of in a possessed state. And so that's what's going on in the background. There are more than 60 million people in Italy. According to two of the leading newspapers and the major television channel, 500,000 Italians see an exorcist every year. It is a little chilling just hearing people make noises. You don't normally hear people make that noise. You know, but I also don't work in a health field, so I don't know, like... In a hospital, right. if someone's in severe pain, if they're having a seizure, I don't know what that sounds like, right. but that was the skeptic in me coming. It's, yeah. It is unnerving. I mean, anytime you hear, I think, anybody in any kind of pain, distress, it's mm-hmm. unnerving. I just um, remember this one scene of this. I think it was a woman. She was, like, screaming, and they were bringing her up to, like, the altar of the church. It was just, it was pretty dramatic. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Lord. <laughs> and then we meet Christina who is a 46-year-old Italian woman. Um, she lives 200 miles from Rome. She's an architect. And she's possessed by the devil. Yeah, she can't work because she's possessed by the damn devil. Damn devil. Ding, I mean, dang it. I need a paycheck. <laughs> yeah. Like, sh- people gotta eat. People gotta work. <laughs> is that Thanks, like a, Satan. Is that like something Asshole. you can write on some sort of government form? Like, <laughs> I cannot work possessed by the devil. But I need front row parking when I go out to eat. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's got to be some perks, right? <laughs> Maybe in Italy. Since... Just wondering. <laughs> so so then we learn that Father Amort has exercised Christina eight, eight times. times yeah. And that this film will be documenting his ninth attempt at exercising oh. her of El Diablo. I mean, he is the devil, so probably takes a few times. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That bitch just doesn't know when to leave. <laughs> so then, will did we mention his name yet? We get Friedkin yeah, giving William, us backstory. Okay. Yeah, no, we haven't mentioned his name. So William Friedkin, who directed The Exorcism, is leading us through this documentary. I think he directed this documentary and wrote some of it. He's now telling us a little bit about the filming of The Exorcist, which took place in 1972 in Georgetown. Uh, like the Washington, D.C. area, if you know where that is. It's based on a novel which is inspired by true events. Right, right, yeah. William Peter Blatty was a student at Georgetown, and he that's when he heard about the exorcism that this was the movie was based on. They show the house that in 1949 there was a 14-year-old um, boy who was said to be possessed. Mm-hmm. And so Blatty was a medical student, Right? You know, I'm not sure. I Yeah, I can't remember. I think he might have been... He was some kind of student in college. <laughs> learning, and he heard about this, this so story. So notes. So, Blatty believed in this case, mm-hmm. in the fact that the son was possessed. Um, and so does Friedkin. And oh, because he was taking some religious theology yeah. course or something. And the priest was recounting this one case that he knew. Right. And Blatty... It was like, that's a great idea. What if I could tell this story in a non-fictional way? And so in this interview with Blatty, he tells us that he tracked down Father William Bowden. um, And they decided to work together. Well, kind of and kind of not. Like, 
I think he gave some information, but the priest seemed a little resistant. And then the priest gave him the information of the family to see if they would want to talk about it. And they, they said no. Yeah, absolutely not. Which Blatty saw as a sign of like, well, this must be real if they're not seeking publicity. or trying to, you know, like, what's the point of making up a story if you don't want to sell your story? Right. So that just furthered his belief in it. And so Bowden couldn't help. And he wrote to Blatty, quote, One thing, however, I can tell you. The case in which I was involved was the real thing. I had no doubt about it then. I have no doubt about it now. Father William Bowden was convinced of what was going on. Like, it was a real, it had really happened, and he had been possessed. And so I think in Blatty's mind, he's like, if all these people are believing it, this family's not wanting to sell their story, then shit must be real. Like, it's, they're not making it up. And then we are transported to outside of the house that the exorcist was filmed in. (laughs) And Uh, we get some from Friedkin. Yeah, he tells us that, you know, this was the house. We had to build a false front. And these are the stairs where that priest fell down. And Mm -hmm. to me, I I wrote my notes. I'm like, who cares? Why are we talking about this? Like, it's like almost like he's trying to revive the movie. It's like, remember when I was great and I did this great movie (laughs) and everybody loved it. And and this is why I'm known. so scary. And these steps are now called the exorcist steps. I'm like, okay. Yeah, and he, Friedkin tells us that he was always fascinated by good versus evil and possession, mm-hmm. which I thought was strange. Like, how how are you fascinated by possession? Like, is that something people grow up being fascinated with? Like, I wouldn't probably have known about it until I saw The Exorcist or heard my parents talk about when they went to see The Exorcist when they were younger and how it scared them. Yeah, that's probably true. I mean, you watch almost any movie and it's good versus evil. Maybe not on the Very scale of, true. like, the I devil think, possessing somebody. and I think there is something, though, when you are religious, when you're in that culture, and when you grow up with it, and you believe it, like, there's one thing I'm seeing, like, like we've talked about before, like a Bigfoot or a Dogman on screen, and you're like, well, that's not real. Mm-hmm. Then you're like, oh, the, like, spirits could possess you, and then you're kind of like... Yeah, I guess it be. depends on how you're raised, yeah. definitely, yeah. you know, what you're... If you have a religious background, if you don't have a religious background, or if mm-hmm. you believe in forces outside of what we can see, yeah. then definitely you're right. You're so right. I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, so then we are told that Father Amort said The Exorcist was his favorite yes! film. Yes! What? Because it helped people understand his work. Which, I... Are really? like, really? You have people vomiting on you and spinning their heads around? Father I would Amort? think maybe The Passion of the Christ would be his... <laughs> favorite film you know that's very religious and has a lot more symbolism than um but i guess if you are the top exorcist you want people to believe in the work that you do so they should watch the ex i don't know yeah i mean he did say the special effects were over the top but yeah i mean it's hollywood it gotta be i mean do you remember the part where she is coming down the stairs like a spider. Yes. Like, that's terrifying. That is terrifying. Yeah, that part yeah. was... I forgot about... I just now remember that yeah. part, too, and it's like, that was fucking scary. Yeah, that was. Like... And even when they do it in movies today, like, I, that might have been the first time, and people have replicated that. Yeah. It freaks me out every time. No, because it's like, whose body moves like that? Yeah. I would die trying to go down the stairs <laughs> in a bridge. I can barely do the bridge when I'm working out, like, on a flat surface. <laughs> Going down the stairs is a death <laughs> sentence. I wonder how she did that. 
Like, how much practice did that take? I don't know. We need to ask William, because clearly he wants to talk about his movie some more. So we, we can get him on the show, definitely. <laughs> He's obviously not doing anything else right now. No, and he could probably take us to Italy. Sugar daddy. William. <laughs> <laughs> yes. uh, <laughs> Give us a call. So then we get into backstory and Amort. Is that what you had next? Yep, okay. I do. Gabrielle Amort. Gabriella. Gabrielle. That's it how he says Gabriella? it. Gabriella? It's spelled Gabrielle, but he says Gabriella. Oh, really? Yeah, which okay. made me uncomfortable. Yeah. That's, all... that's a girl's name. Maybe not in Italy. Maybe not in Italy. Sorry, Italians. Culture snob. I do love you. <laughs> <laughs> we had this foreign exchange student once that was Italian. What was his name? Davida. Oh. We had one named Pablo. Or Paolo. Paolo. He's my friend on Facebook, and he was very good looking. Yeah. He played soccer. This one played <laughs> football. Yeah. Mm. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. Wow, this what is happened? heating up. What is <laughs> going on? We're talking Italians. about exorcisms and huh. talking about the Italians. Wow. Okay. Hmm. So when he was 18 years old, the man joined the Italian resistance... To gang up on the Nazis and Mussolini, right? Yeah, that's incredible. What, which was awesome. He fought back against Mussolini's dictatorship and the Nazis. So he has always been a good guy. Mm-hmm. Um, fighting for the little man. Fighting for the good of the people and not crushing people. But in 1986, my birth year, <laughs> he became the chief exorcist in Rome. Which I was like, damn, like, is there a huge party for that? Like, what happens when you become the chief exorcist? Is there a test? Are there, like, 30 (laughs) demons you gotta kick out of somebody? Like, what? It's like the ACT. You have (laughs) different sections. Or there's, like, a practical part where you exercise demons. And then there's, like, the written part where you're, like, filling out a bubble scantron. Yeah. And you don't get results for, like, six weeks. As fast as possible. I guess it was 1986, so it probably took even longer than that. You had to, like, send it in by stamped mail and... Mm -hmm. (laughs) <laughs> but he did it. He was, I think I estimated about 58, almost 60 years old at this point. Yeah, if he was 18, yeah. He's... He was ordained at 28, and I think he said like 30 years later, mm-hmm. he became chief, so. It's like my parents' age. I can't imagine them being chief exorcists. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess priests can't have children, but, right? Right. Okay. For whatever reason. Yeah. Catholics, why? I don't understand it. I don't either. But one of the things I wrote down I thought was cool was the 28 Steps Church. Did you see that? Oh, yeah. I kind of skipped over that because, again, it was another, like... It's just very quick, but I took a small note about it. These were the steps that apparently led up to Pontius Pilate's house. That is incredible. Um, And they are now in this church. They were taken and moved into this church. And you can only go up the steps by being on your knees. On your knees. Which sounds very difficult and painful unless you maybe have some, like knee braces on right. or knee pads on and like volleyball mm-hmm. players would have because i mean also no i'm not crawling up some as marble. a christian i don't understand why i would need to crawl up his steps the man who crucified jesus on my knees yeah that's that's I a was, good point just wondering yeah why uh, are they i mean it's really cool it's a real cool part of history mm-hmm. and it's if those are the actual steps that's pretty cool right but like what if he yeah uh, maybe because Jesus was on them? Maybe? Was maybe. he brought onto the steps? I don't know. We don't know. We I don't know. know. They have lots of interesting things. 
that we don't know yeah, about. Yeah, I didn't know those even existed, though, so I'd be, that'd be really cool to see. In mm-hmm. It would be. Fantastic. Fantastic. <laughs> With my Italian stash. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Carry me up on your back. <laughs> but on your knees. Yeah, I'm too tired. <laughs> Get up them steps. That's a lot of steps. 28 <laughs> steps. Eight steps. And some people, they show them. Some people were way up on there, so you know they climbed them on their knees. Yeah. There's probably a watchman. Like, what happens if you stand up? Shot on sight? You get, like, no, one of those, um, you know those one of those sticks? They just hit you in the knee. Oh, God, how? Like a baton? Yeah. Like a telescoping baton? Yeah. It shoots, you, like, whip it, and it shoots out longer, ah. and then they're able to just, My like... sister has one of those. Why? <laughs> um, anti-theft purposes. Oh. Anti-robbery. Got it. Yeah. Protection. Self-protection. Self-protection. Yeah. We're all about that. All about that life. Um, <laughs> anyway, so, uh, so 2016. April 2016. April, the spring of 2016. Springtime. Spring. I have goes to Rome. I assume it's William goes to Rome. Yep. Friedkin to Rome to interview Father Amort. Yes. For a magazine. I don't yeah. know what magazine. I don't know why he was sent. But then he asks if he could film an exorcism. He would allow me to film... Christina's ninth exorcism on May 1st, but with no crew, no lights, only a small video camera alone. I had no idea what to expect. And then we are introduced to Paolo Vizicaro, and he is speaking Italian, which I put, ugh, I have to read now. A lot of Italian. Yeah. No, which is... Not fine. It's fine. But like when you're taking notes for a podcast yeah. like you do and you're trying to read subtitles, it is. It's kind of hard. Oh, it is tricky as hell. <laughs> I was pausing like every two seconds <laughs> trying to see what was going on. So we kind of hear about Nadia, Apollo's sister, who was apparently possessed. And they used Father Amor to help her out. Yeah. They said that she went to a sanctuary to celebrate mass. Mm-hmm. She had unusual symptoms. She was crying. Her body was shaking. She went into a trance. And then she went out of control. She was screaming. Someone called the police. And then, <laughs> my favorite part, Nadia began slithering on the floor no. and speaking in a strange <laughs> language. Quote, she looks like a wild animal, end quote. And her belly was swollen in a like a balloon about to burst. That was weird. That was very strange. Mm-hmm. I... I like. I was thinking of. I was trying to think of medical conditions like gas, right? Or like yeah, something that would cause you like food poisoning, or like uh, if she'd been kicked and it was swell. You know, yeah. like there was a physical injury. I don't. I don't know. Like See, I feel pretty bloated sometimes after I get done eating, but that's why I have probiotics anymore. Right. You don't writhe around on the floor. Maybe so. It depends on what's playing on on the radio. Yeah. (laughs) The other thing I thought was really funny is like when they called the cops, they said that the cops wouldn't go into the house or the church because they they were were. scared of her screaming. (laughs) And I was like, "What? Who? Um, What cops are these?" Yeah, that's what you're for, cops. Like if someone's screaming and you think they might be in pain, yeah, they need to call cops from like South Chicago or yeah, exactly somewhere. But step it up, Italy. But yeah, I don't know the belly thing. That is, I wrote that down and I put weird. Yeah. Exclamation that's, point. That's re- And they never really come back to that, so we don't know. Why her belly was swollen. Devil impregnating her. <gasps> Ew. Gross. Oh, maybe. Sorry. Or aliens. Or aliens. I don't know. It just makes me think of species, too. Yes. <laughs> so gross. Ugh. 
pregnancy. Not that there's anything wrong with it, but like alien or like double pregnancy. Yeah, you don't want that. No. No. Super bad. You're going to get swollen. Like, you know, things exploding out of you. (laughs) It's exploding. Nothing is ever good exploding out of your body. (laughs) So after (laughs) she's been attacked this way several times, they seek Father Amorn's help because he's like the best, right? Mm -hmm. She eventually was liberated. Um, yeah, she felt like a great weight was lifted. That was yeah, and and then Paolo, the brother, started assisting Amort. Right? No, I missed that. Oh, I, I feel like he said that he started assisting. Well, Amort. it was really hard to read and write at the same time. I know, like I <laughs> but it, I mean, and that was it. Like it doesn't show him anymore. It wasn't like he. No, yeah, I didn't see him at like this exorcism that's actually filmed. Um, so I don't know if, like, by assist he meant, like, I'm gonna get you some holy water, like, some wafers, whatever yeah. you See, need. in my notes, I just have more Italian, like, I don't know what's going on anymore <laughs> at this point. <laughs> more Italian. <laughs> yeah. So then we go to May 1st of 2016. Having moved from the Church of the Holy Staircase, Father Amort continued his work at his residence, the home of the Pauline priests, where on May 1st, 2016, he invited me to witness Christina's ninth exorcism. Then we meet Christina, basically. Who seems normal. Normal? Yeah, she, her eye makeup is a little bad. Um, I did have that written down. But she, um... I mean, she is possessed by the devil. Yeah, she's going for that heavy liner look. (laughs) Uh, she wanted to be treated for the evil spirit that was taking her over, and she seems to really believe this. Amort says, she's possessed by the devil. Yep. And I was like, well, damn. Like, how is he sure? Like, how did... And he... Well, he, it's, it's his job. Only when he performs an exorcism, he provokes unique reactions, I guess, is what he says about how he knows it's the devil. And then the exorcism begins. There are people, as far as your eye can see, <laughs> crammed into every corner. Right. I hope they have good air conditioning. Oh, God. And then, literally, oh, God. Sorry. <laughs> and then we get to see Father Moore and Christina sharing a beautiful shade of purple scarf that mm-hmm. he, he wraps around her neck and he has around his. I didn't look up what the symbolism of that was. I said I would, and I did not. But, you know, Catholics wear that. Mm. Mm. Are you disappointed in me, Charles? I'm so sorry. (laughs) I was pretending to be, but I couldn't. (laughs) Um, But I know purple is like a shade of royalty. Right. And And if you've ever been to a Catholic mass, like, they wear garb. They wear scarves. So he's just draping his over her. Father Amort begins every exorcism by thumbing his nose at the devil. Haha, <laughs> <laughs> devil. Which kind of made me laugh. Yeah. yeah. It was goofy. While he is, they're praying and speaking mm-hmm. holy water, and they're praying in Italian. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we see the family, and I just wrote claustrophobic. Yeah. Um, and But Christina's like looking around, and I'm like, she is the star of this show. <laughs> well, her whole family's there, yeah. But yeah, it was, they're just, imagine a hospital room crammed with 20 plus people. Mm-hmm. Everybody's just sitting right next to each other, praying in Italian. Everybody like, has a rosary. Yeah. Then we get Father Amort putting his hand on Christina's head while he is praying. And he is commanding the devil to leave. 
and yeah. Christina's nodding, and then she starts screaming. Screaming and roaring and... She has to be restrained. Yeah. Yeah. She's got like three people holding her down. And to me, her voice sounded altered to sound evil or demonic. Yeah. Well, how did you feel about that? Because to me, it sounded fake. I guess when I listened to it the first time, it sounded fake. Like, I was like, oh, this is being altered to sound scary. Later we find out, like, well, he says it hasn't been altered and he has the doctors listen to it. And they're like, oh, that's kind of weird. Mm-hmm. So once I watched it again, knowing that he supposedly didn't alter it, that weirded me out. Because it is a weird noise she ma- she's making. Right. But I feel like... Have you ever seen Evil Dead? Yeah. Evil Dead movies? Oh, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just... I feel like she sounds like a creature from there. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I want to take him at face value and believe him and saying that he didn't alter it. But I don't believe anybody's shit. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't believe we anybody. Want to, but it's so hard. Right. Yeah. I I mean, especially uh, a man who built his career on a movie right. called The Exorcist. Like, it's, right. it's very difficult for me to suspend my disbelief. And I mean, that's the only part to me that was just kind of like, eh, I don't yeah. buy into this. Yeah. Um... um but, you know, I don't know. I've never been to an exorcism. I've never heard an exorcism. I don't know what people's voices sound like. If it is real, it's hella weird. You have to. It is very strange. Yeah. It is super creepy. Um, but the thing that made me laugh also is that none of the people are freaking out. Like, her family's like. Well, it's her ninth one, Charles. Yeah. I know. They're like, <laughs> you know, this is old hat. This is what we do on the, you know, on this day. We get together and, yep. and watch her, like, scream and lash out at people mm-hmm. and uh i thought it was kind of telling too like and i suppose if you're catholic you probably know all the prayers or whatever but like father mort is kind of leading him through it but it's like they all know what to say when mm-hmm. so like that chanting and stuff like they all just start and stop and like they know the prayers to go through it's like routine for them at this point right well and part of me also wondered what if someone just popped a xanax into her mouth right. during this like <laughs> What's the worst that could happen? Have some wine, honey! Exactly. Like you're I, in Italy. Crush up, give her a Xanax, give yeah. her some wine, and see what happens. I mean... And and she is wearing a rosary. She's clutching a... cross. Crucifix? Crucifix. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, what is that hand language, sign language? <laughs> you know, it's not burning her or anything like that, but... Which and, I expected it to. Yeah, I kind of did. <laughs> There's the smoke and flames. Yeah. And then at one point, too, I was like... Damn, like, this is almost like a new workout, right? Like, she is just using that core. Oh, yeah, exactly. That's what I was just... Her core has got to be tight as hell. They're holding her arms and legs down, so all she can do is, like, pump that core. Yeah, she's doing, like, bridges while seated. Yeah, exactly. Yep. A father Amor also anoints her with holy oil, and she growls some more, and then she starts screaming and acting totes cray and has to be restrained (laughs) some more. Yeah. <laughs> 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 
Yeah, I would have held a crucifix up to her at this point, too, even though she's clutching one. Yeah, put that uh, on her forehead. Isn't that what you do? Right. I and mean, so, I mean, and this is all we see. Like, and I just, at this point, I was like, you know, I'm kind of done with this. Like, she just keeps on, wiggling and screaming. And on, yes. Um, in my opinion, a fake monster scream. And yeah. Father Mort is yelling, like, surrender, surrender, in Italian, obviously. Yeah. She's yelling, I am Satan, uh, I am Legion, you know, you, right. the huge. Yeah, because at first they didn't subtitle it, which I thought, thought was annoying, and then that's yeah. when they send the priest away, I can't stand it, and then I said, her hair is a mess. Yeah. I'm surprised she hasn't bit someone. You know what I thought was sweet, Bitten? though, is, like, <laughs> how... Father Mort and her boyfriend, like, continuously, like, wipe her hair away from her head. Like, yeah. I just thought that showed love and compassion because... They should have just had a wind fan on her. They should have. Or tied her hair back into a pony. Well, it wasn't a clip, but it came undone. Well, you can't trust those damn butterfly clips. Yeah, that's true. Those things break Plus, apart like come nobody's on, business. 80s are calling you. Like, get rid of those things. <laughs> um, another thing is, she belongs to me, is what Christina screams in her demon voice. Yikes, Spikes. I mean, what did you think about that? Like, um, I mean, also, I'm Satan, stop this, but... It's creepy. I mean, I think I think what's hard about this is we're used to the Hollywood version, right? Mm-hmm. First of all, a thousand people in the room. Second of all, broad daylight. Mm-hmm. It's not dark. It's not creepy. It doesn't really put you in the exorcist mood. No. Just, you know, personally. Thirdly... What was your question? <laughs> I just was wondering, like, what your thoughts, like, oh. about that work, because I just... Well, it's it's hard to believe when it's in Italian and you don't speak that language. So that was... I think the language barrier really made this hard, because you have no idea what's really going on. I mean, yeah, I hadn't thought about it, that. But, but, like... That is, yeah... When you're not hearing the voice in that creepy voice, say, I am Satan. Yeah. And you're just hearing some other language. Yeah, the voice sounds a little altered, a little creepy, but you're not getting the full effect like you would normally if you... Right. In a and, movie or whatever. Well, and that, and I guess I just kept thinking of 500,000 people a year go to see an exorcist in Italy. And yeah. just like... Is this what happens at everyone? Right, like, this is the culture they're brought up in. They think this is normal. Mm -hmm. I mean, when you start to believe something so strongly, like, that's how life goes, I feel like you start accepting that as a reality, Mm -hmm. which is a completely vague way of saying, like, what your reality is what you make of it. True. And, um... And we get into that more later. Too. We do, yeah. And so I, uh, she was just, she's such, Christina is such a wiggle worm. Um, and she does that weird, the, okay, the, the one thing that almost convinced me was the head bob thing, actually. When where she, she was, goes into like a trance yeah. and she's just like, she's like bobbing her head like she's nodding yes, but it's more of just like a automated response. You know, it reminded me of a girl I was in children's choir with. She had Tourette's mm. and she did not cuss much, but she would do this head bob mm-hmm. thing as a tick. Mm-hmm. And so we'd be standing next to each other and she would start, you know, doing that kind of ticking head rocking thing. And she had also some behavioral issues. Uh, but that's what it made me think of yeah. when I saw that. I mean, that was... 
it, but it's it's strange if you're not subjected to it. If like if this girl hadn't told me I have Tourette's and this happens to me, I would have been like, "Why are you? Where's doing my this? crucifix yeah. and my holy water? We gotta get her out of here before she ruins my singing yeah. voice and my solos." And and Father Mort and she said like she had been checked out medically, but they don't go into depth. And I understand that's your private medical records, but right. she just. She, during that first interview, is just kind of like, well, I have a spiritual disease. No psychiatrist could help me. And it's like, well, but how far did you push your treatment? Like, did you just go one time and decide that you couldn't be treated with medication or with therapy? It's like, if that's what you believe, that's what you're going to believe. I feel like a lot of times psychosomatic illness, like we create our own realities, you know, And, Mm -hmm. and the more you focus on something and clearly in this culture exorcism and being possessed is except like I said like you said we'll get more into it but yeah yeah, I just I was having mixed emotions because I mean it was super creepy seeing her act like this but then her whole family like you said this was the ninth one and they're just kind of like it's, this is old hat. Yeah, like, you know. Whatever psychosis she's having. When does right the now? buffet start? You yeah. know, like, <laughs> we're all here for the food after this. And, um. Well, and that, I don't know if it comes up now. I might be skipping ahead. But, like, then they sing Father and Mort Happy Birthday. I think I am skipping ahead. You are but, skipping ahead, yeah. But, <laughs> but that kind of just leads to the, like, okay, we're done exercising her. Now let's wish him a happy birthday. And it's like, how do you just. You have this experience where it's supposed to be super emotional. Fighting for her soul. Yes. Battling for her body and soul. And then we just move on to a birthday party. Yeah. It's that it's completely different culture than what we know. Yeah. Well, I mean, and then, and then it's over. Like Father Mort is just like enough, enough. And he pushes everyone away. They stop restraining her. And then she just kind of smiles and she wakes up. Mm -hmm. To sing happy birthday. Yeah, to sing happy, get a drink of water and to sing happy birthday. It's like, yeah, my what? throat is sore from making all these screeching noises. I know, it was just, it was weird. That part was weird. That I think that was the most unbelievable part. Oh no, I feel like there's more unbelievable parts in this. Well, the from whole, that film part, the whole process though, I was just like, so the priest says enough. And so the devil is just like, okay, done. She can be back normal to reality. Like, that's it. You got me, dude. Yeah, you're right. I need to rest, too. <laughs> so I'm just going to sink back into gonna, her belly. Yeah. Wherever. Which she does not bloat, like. No. Not But she did. says she's in, like, pain, right? Like, almost, like, constant pain. Yeah. Physical pain, mental pain. I don't know. So then my next thing is we get introduced to Neil Martin, medical doctor. Yes. Chair of neurosurgery. Yes. At UCLA Medical Center. And he watches the footage, and he thinks it's absolutely amazing. Absolutely amazing. There is a major force at work within her somehow. I don't know the underlying origin of it, but there's an amazing force. It's interesting to see that she is not separated from the environment. She's not in a catatonic state She's responding to the priest. It didn't appear to be hallucinations. She appeared to be engaged in the process, but resisting. Okay. Right. I mean, I don't. You're watching a video of someone, so I'm not exactly sure about your doctoral assessment. But right, yeah, okay. you weren't there. And uh, then I, I thought this was funny. Like the first thing I noticed actually is like William 
with his, he's still got his little handheld camera, even though now he has his camera crew. Yeah. And he's like, got the headphones on. He's got his, it's like a, like a photo camera, but obviously it can do video because technology, but like. A photo camera. <laughs> like that just takes pictures, but also, video, you know, I mean, it looks like a regular camera. It doesn't look like a video camera. You're, you're right. You're right. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Cool. And I just thought it was so hilarious that there's no point for him to be holding this camera at this point because he's got his film crew with him. You're right, yeah. And it's... he's just trying to be involved as much as possible. Exactly. It's like they're trying to drive home the point that he's there with his camera doing this whole yeah. thing. and it's... I bought this camera and I'm going to use it. Damn yeah. it. <laughs> so, I'm sorry. No, I mean, I that is that is a good point because I was like, why do you still hold that thing? Yeah. Like, put well, it down, you girl. You just need it for the exorcism. Yeah, here we are. Um, and then we are introduced to it's it's Chuck Freed. It's Chuck Freed. I just he's, called him Dr. McBandit. Oh yeah, I have that. He's a medical doctor, professor of neurosurgery at Tel Aviv Medical Center, and my thought was, why is his face all bandaged? Up? And he's got like 30 band-aids on his face. Right. So I'm like, did he have skin cancers removed? Did he get into a fight with Freddy Krueger. We don't know. You just ha- oh shit, Dick. That was oh, a paper cut. Shit ass. Mm. I just got attacked by Satan that, through my paper. Yes. <gasps> Charles. <laughs> I'm scared. Actually, I don't think it got me. Haha, <laughs> <laughs> Satan. Take that. Not today, Satan. <laughs> you ain't gonna get my fingers. Um, but I was like, how am I supposed to take this man seriously? Like, literally, he looked like he was in a bar fight. Yeah, so we're introduced to this grizzled <laughs> older man who's got a Band-Aid on his chin, on his, on his like, nose. cheek, and his nose. Yeah. It, it, yeah, it looks <laughs> like he was beat up on the way to work. We okay. They don't address that. Like, nope. why do you have bandages all over your face, mummy? Yeah, I thought maybe shaving, but, like, uh, across the nose, I'm like, what? Well, is there hair growing in your nose, sir? Like, what? He seems kind of hairy. He did. He had, like, hair in his ears, I think. Get some laser treatment for that shit. Girl, he can't afford that. He's a medical doctor. (laughs) Well, then they talk about the total body pain that Christina feels, but he, Dr. Freed, Fried, thinks it's emotional and not real pain, which I believe, I am more apt to believe what he's saying. Like, Neil... I'm glad you got that because I could not understand what that man was saying. <laughs> I I mean I had subtitles on I did and I was not pausing. Put subtitles on. Yeah, subtitles are your friend, people. I got lazy. I watch everything with subtitles. <laughs> everything, okay. even rewatches of Buffy. Even is porno. Sorry. Um, excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> I can cut that out. Uh, maybe. Um, <laughs> so we also flash back to Neil Martin, the doctor. He says. Christina, it looks like she is in delirium. She has an agitated disconnection, mm-hmm. but it, he doesn't think it's a brain disorder. You know, you ask me, do I believe in exorcism? I, I, I only look at it as a behavioral phenomenon. If I were then a Catholic priest, okay, or a Jewish rabbi, I may have different explanations. Can I characterize it? Maybe. Can I know how to treat it? No. So something is happening to her, it's clear. But maybe she puts into it the religious context in which she grew up. Because they believe, obviously, they know what's wrong with her. She's possessed by the devil. Dr. Fried is getting sassy as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I had. He's, he's very skeptical. I was like, yeah, he's pretty well, much, he's a lot, I feel like he 
says what I would want to say if I was a medical doctor being interviewed for this. I mean, skeptical, and then also, like, he doesn't want to say that God doesn't exist. He seems, I don't know if he's religious himself, but he doesn't want to say no. Right. He's very dancy around yeah. the um, notion of a supernatural realm, I guess. Mm-hmm. And Yeah, uh, exactly. And then we get... Very serious. With the 3D picture. With the 3D picture. Yeah. I Yeah, did you get, like, the music was daunting, and William is just like... Dr. Freed shared with me this three-dimensional, color-coded image of the human brain. The red section controls movement. The green controls vision. The light blue and dark blue sections control language. That yellow section is a tumor in the left temporal lobe. It's just like a Windows 98 version of a brain. And I uh, mean, maybe it's the first time that William has seen anything like this because he's old. (laughs) He's ancient. Technology. (laughs) What is going on? How can we see the brain in 3D? Yeah. But anyway, so shows you brain parts. And then there's this yellow section in the middle, which turns out to be a tumor. Which can cause seizures and language problems. It's like a known thing. Can also affect behavior. Behavior. So this basically, if there's a tumor in the brain, can cause symptoms of a possession is what they're kind of getting at here. Right. Which I don't know. Like, I think it was Phineas Gage was like one of the first people I learned about studying psychology who had a railroad spike driven through the front of his brain. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. And... Because of the damage it did to his brain, it affected his personality and and everything about him. And and I mean, I guess they kind of talk about that in the Exorcist movie. Like, they do all those tests on her. Like, But at the same time, has Christ- Christina didn't talk about it. She didn't mm-hmm. have an MRI that we are presented with as evidence. Yeah. Not that I want her to have a brain tumor or anything, but I'm just saying, like, let's explore... Other options. Other options. And maybe she did. But they don't say that she did in this well, in this film. And what's curious is, with all of these, I don't want to get into a gun debate or anything, but I know like a lot of people with like these mass murders and stuff. There is kind of a medical push to see like what's going on in these people's heads. Mm-hmm. And I watched this really cool TED talk where. This neuro, I love TED talks. Yeah, this <laughs> neurosurgeon, like his nephew, started. Um, having bouts of rage and violence. And, I mean, obviously he was able to pull some strings and get the test run or whatever and found out that he did, in fact, have a tumor or something in his brain that was going haywire. So they got it fixed, and then he went back to normal. But, like, how many people can, A, A, afford this or get their doc? Like, a neurosurgeon had to pull strings to get doctors to do these tests because they said there were no clinical science for them to run these tests. Mm-hmm. So like, think about how many people can't get this done, can't get the help. The insurance isn't covering it. Their doctors don't think it's necessary. It's probably astounding. And where do they have it to turn, but to their religion or like mm-hmm. some alternative health options. I mean, yeah, shit. That's deep. Sorry. No, 
It no, was a I really mean, good TED Talk. <laughs> I, I mean, yeah, I love TED Talks. I usually try to watch the ones that are like the power of positive thinking and like, uh, you know, how to find your passion or how to find happiness in every day. Because right. I, well. those are the ones that I, I appreciate because I am pretty much a negative, pessimistic person a lot of the time, unfortunately. Oh, really? Yeah. Try not to be. So that's why I watch my TED Talks. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, that is, that is fascinating. I'd like to watch yeah. that also because... It would you be know, great to know, like... Is, was that... Doc- so that doctor was here in America? Yeah. Okay. Because, I mean, I don't know how often mass shootings happen in other countries, you know, also. Like, it's just... There's a lot of different factors that I feel like if we could compute the data and, like, pin some patterns... Yeah. I mean, it's definitely, like, not just one thing, but... Right. I would love to know... Like, even people have said for years, like, serial killers and brain injuries and, like... It makes people violent. Like, mm-hmm. we're learning about this now, and it's... I think it's definitely something to look into. So there. So for our next next <laughs> cast sometime in the future, we will be delving into... We're going to hit Charles in the head and, <laughs> and see, see what, what happens. happens. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that already happened last weekend when I was floating down the freaking river and hit my head on some rocks oh, in my back. No. Do not tube down some class two and three rapids when you have a major altitude headache. Just no. FYI, don't do it. You will regret everything. Um, <laughs> I'm lucky to be around. alive. Yeah, I'm glad you're alive. Me too. Me too. I didn't think I was going to make it. Mm. Nate didn't. Well, he was trying to help me and I said, get the fuck away from me. <laughs> it was like one of those times where it's just like, gah. Like you were giving birth. I, uh, you didn't want to be touched. I didn't want to be touched. I didn't want anybody to look at me. <laughs> Yeah, I was in pain. Um, So back to anyway, back to our beautiful documentary, Doctor McBandaid. Yeah, he brings up a point. I think maybe we touched about it, touched on it, touched, (laughs) touched it. Uh, (laughs) That this sort of treatment might work for her because of her belief in it, right? And she's surrounded by people who believe it. So I think. You know, like we said, there's the placebo effect, right? Where you think mm-hmm. you're being treated and you get better. Like, there's something to that. It's powerful. It's yeah. the power of positive thinking, I yep. think, also. I mean, in the pos- the placebo, it um, it can really, really help you. So at Columbia University, we are introduced to Jeffrey A. Lieberman, who is a medical doctor and the chairman of psychiatry at Columbia University, and Michael B. First, another doctor who is a clinical psychiatrist and an editor of the dsm 4 And he says that Christina is doing the right thing to take care of herself. Yeah, they believe that dissociative reaction or trans disorder um, is a recognized diagnosis worldwide so that's what they think she's experiencing um and that there's a shared meaning slash believing and framework and believing so basically what she's experiencing is a shared framework between her and her whole family and everybody in this community right like again like the placebo effect like you think you have this thing you think you're being treated and you're getting better but i was surprised that being possessed is like a disorder. They said, and they said it's recognized around the world the yeah. dissociative trance disorder, like which is possession, basically. Yeah. They say there's the pathology of possession, but it presents in lots of ways. Mm-hmm. So, 
I thought that was really interesting. Right. Mm-hmm. So then, it, you know, it's like it makes me think about like the Bible when Jesus was going around casting out spirits. It's like, was he and, you know, and he healed people of sicknesses. But it's like, do they think that the spirits, you know, were spirits or were they really, you know, him curing people of mental mm-hmm. illnesses? I don't know. It's a very and it, interesting. Yeah. And it, again, it's the same thing we keep talking about over and over again. It's like, it is what you believe it to be. Right. So. And, you know, I mean, the people back then who wrote the Bible mm-hmm. had the framework to believe in. Like the people right. now have this framework they believe in mm-hmm. of people actually being possessed. So. Yeah. Um, and not only Jesus would know, and he probably wouldn't care either way. He's like, I'm healing you. So deal with it. Yeah. <laughs> you want to believe it's the devil? Fine. But. You're better now. You're better now. You, you, yeah. Go and do good. Go, yeah. Go in peace Sin and no more. do some do some great stuff. <laughs> Praise be. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then we hear from Robert Barron, Archbishop of L.A.? Yeah. Los Angeles. <laughs> uh, and he says the phenomenon exists and he acknowledges the reality of it. And by that, I guess he means exorcism or people being exercised that mm-hmm. phenomenon exists mm-hmm. um and he recommends that the person sees a psychiatrist or a physician to eliminate the natural uh natural circumstances before going to a supernatural reason yeah he says the church does investigate like they don't just do exorcisms willy-nilly mm-hmm. but you know i don't know what kind of investigation that entails yeah question Mm-hmm. Do exorcisms cost? Oh, that's a good question. I don't know. I was just thinking about that because if it's like if I'm in Italy and it's heavily Catholic and we're losing patrons or members, people believe in possession. How could I make people come back and how could I make an extra buck for the church? People a, suffering. Yeah. I'm going to say, you know, we'll exercise you for this flat fee of. $995. And uh, I don't know. Like, I just, I just, I don't know why I thought should of that. We, should we Google it really quick? Yeah. So we just looked up how much an exorcism costs, and the results are inconclusive. Inconclusive. I probably think that no one would advertise that if you're seeking it some say the catholic church doesn't charge anything other sites say you can get a skype one for 300 dollars. so who knows um so then we go back to jeffrey russell the author of the prince of darkness (laughs) um and so he says that when a demon seizes a body uh it's because someone was tempted to sin and they give over their soul Right. Well, I had like, because William asks him, do you believe in demonic possession? And Jeff says, Uh, that's not the devil taking over your soul. That's the devil, or whatever you want to call it, uh, seizing your body. The way they take over the soul is by tempting you to to sin. That's how they get you, because you're using your free will to do evil. So then my question is, anytime you quote unquote sin, is that a demon taking over your body? So you're not responsible for it? Mm, well, I mean, we always told mom the devil made us do it. You know? <laughs> <laughs> the devil put, made me put that yeah. wee-wee in my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Could not 
control myself. <laughs> the devil made me eat seven cheeseburgers in a row. <laughs> I just can't help it. <laughs> the devil made me steal those new kids on the block trading cards from a gas station. True story? Yes. Heard it right here, folks. I am <laughs> sitting next to basically OJ Simpson. <laughs> <laughs> I've known shrooms and she stole new kids on the block cards, so I, mean, I had the bed sheets, I had the curtains, you guys. Wow. Fandom is real. Cartoon. There's the cartoon. There was a cartoon. Wow. Okay. Wow. I'm old. Wow. <laughs> I can't stop wowing at all of this. Okay. New information for anyway. me. Anyway. So that that's a really good question though. Yeah. Because I would like to ask him that someday. Well, and then we get Barron's input, Robert Barron, the Archbishop of Los Angeles. He goes on to say that there is never inherent evil, and but evil is like a shadow or a parasite. If a person doesn't believe in evil or the demons, they cannot be exorcised. Um, he says Father Amort can exorcise, uh, but Baron Robert wouldn't want to exorcise or speak to the devil. He thinks it's dangerous. He's mm-hmm. not at that level. Um, you get a hand, what did you say? I wouldn't do it. I'd be you afraid to what? Speak to the speak to the devil. I mean, if I as with an exorcism, I don't think I'm, I'd be any good at it. I wouldn't want to do it. And uh, why not? I think it's dangerous ground. You got to be really, it's, really holy. It's in the scriptures. I know, but Jesus Jesus doing it. exercised demons. Yeah, absolutely, but that's why the church is really careful to choose very holy people. And, and then Friedkin is like yeah. egging him on about this. Like he's egging him on, and he's just amazed by the fact that this man is an archbishop and saying that he's not basically powerful enough to perform an exorcism. Like you mm-hmm. need to be of a super high spiritual level, spiritual maturity, maturity, yeah. to do something like this. And he, Baron Robert, thinks that it's possible for a demon to enter him. So he thinks yeah. if he was performing an exorcism, a demon might jump into him. And like, have you watched The Exorcist one too many times or what, girl? Yeah. Or we, I don't know. Uh, but I, maybe that's how it works. Yeah, we don't, I don't know. I don't like know. for as much grounded information as he gave us for him to like start thinking that, it's kind well, of a split for me in his way of thinking about stuff i mean but he might believe it so much that it seems like a real possibility yeah i mean did you get did you think the the whole part where like oh so he said like evil is like a parasite but the devil is good did you the devil is good yeah he says that no like inherently good but he (laughs) does bad things yeah because i had there's there was never inherent evil that the devil was actually yeah good yeah but that really blew my mind mm-hmm. coming from a priest. I mean, I kind of get what he's saying. Like maybe the devil or Lucifer. Lucifer. Because like, he was an angel. Right. Was an angel and then made some bad decisions in life. Right. Because he wanted to be as powerful as God. Is that yeah. what we believe? I think so. I don't... <laughs> he wanted to be as powerful as God believe. and thought he was as good as God. Mm-hmm. And God was like, no, no. bitch, get to get out of here. Get to earth. Yeah. Mess and so those people's lives. Thanks, God. And so then the devil was like, well, I'm screwed up and I'm just going to screw up everything for everybody else. Yeah. That's a, you know, so. But yeah. So like inherently he's he was an not intelligent evil. being. He right. was created by God. So I guess in <sighs> essence, he's. It's like an android. Did you see Alien Covenant? No. 
Okay. Well, that's when, well, spoiler alert for Alien Covenant, if you haven't seen it, the android is fucking evil and basically experiments on people with the aliens to create the aliens. And he's, but he was created by humans with like good intentions, but he was so super smart that he was like, I can do this better and I'm going to fuck you up. And he did. Wow. So, <laughs> I mean, I don't Not know. Not exactly was... sure what happened there, but it sounds bad. It's a great analogy. AI is bad. We're going to cover that one day. I've got a list of videos for us. There's that really good X-Files episode that you did not like, that I liked. Oh, but... well, yeah. the vibrator threw me off. <laughs> I don't want to think about it. I don't want to think about a vibrator becoming possessed. <laughs> Nothing good can come from that. Definitely not, no. So back to the devil. And the priest. <laughs> um... <laughs> so Jeffrey Russell, who was the author of all these demon devil books, books yeah. he had a, a serious depression attack while writing books on evil. Mm-hmm. Um, so he says, don't concentrate on devil or the evil. It'll drag you down. Yeah. Which to me, I was Makes like, sense. common sense, right? Yeah. Like, you concentrate on the negative, you're going to feel negative. That's, yeah. I mean, that's the like law of attraction, which is why Tony Robbins 101. I followed the secret. I dropped out of high school and followed the secret to find my success in life. Um, so Ask, believe, and you shall receive. Did you drop out? No, I just made that up. <laughs> uh, I was. I yeah, watched a lot I never of. Heard this. <laughs> Maybe it is a secret that you're keeping. No, there was this TV show I used to watch called Pretty Wild, and this mom was homeschooling her kids, but not on education. It was on the secret. She's oh. like, "That's all they need to know." And sounds dirty. Yeah, they were fucked up. So, <laughs> if we go back to Christina's dad, that's the next thing I had. Okay, so, yes, so after Christina's exercised. And they sing Father and More Happy and Birthday. And they sing Happy Birthday. This thing's jumping all around the place, y'all. Back, yeah, back to the little room with a thousand people in it. <laughs> uh, they ask for Christina's parents to be exercised or blessed. 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 It's like 20 freaking minutes later. Still being blessed. And then Christina starts losing it again. Yeah. She just starts snarling up a storm. Right. Devil starts coming out of her. She gets really mad, especially when her mother then is blessed. Mm-hmm. And boyfriend. I think it's the boyfriend holding her back, right? That was my question. I said, get it together, Christina. And I said, someone is holding her back. Dot, dot, dot. Husband. But then we find out it's her boyfriend. Right. Boyfriend. And I just said, someone should get a tranquilizer gun and just... Take her out for a while. Kind of slap her. Be like, it, it's not about you right now, Christina. Yeah. Just have a chill pill, okay? Yeah, and her bo- actually, it wasn't her boyfriend that was holding her back. It was somebody okay, else. Okay, I was confused about that. Because they said boyfriend in the foreground. And I'm like, does that mean the man holding her or the no. man in front of them? So I had a question for you. Should her boyfriend break up with her? Hmm. How long have they been together? I don't think we know. I'm just saying, if I was dating somebody for probably... I mean, Nate and I have been married for almost two years now. If he was possessed (laughs) and started acting like that, I mean, I would stick it out mostly for the publicity, but also... Book deal. For the podcast. Yeah. Book deal, podcast. Right. No, I'm just kidding. Definitely. But, like, if I was someone's just, like, boyfriend... No, if we're not married, no. No, hell no. 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 Okay. Get your crazy out. Yeah. And... Move on. Plus, yeah. he looked like 30 years younger than her. Right. Like, what yeah. are you doing? She's not working. She's possessed. She's an architect. She could Is she just super good in bed? Like, what? Oh, good Lord. Well, maybe I, what's left? Her... 
she slithers around. Maybe she is going to. Mm-hmm. We don't She's know. She's a contortionist. So question for you listeners. <laughs> if your significant other was possessed, what would you do? Would you stick with them while they went to exorcisms? Would you be like, girl, bye? Um, well, or boy, that's, bye? That's the other question. If she... And as, again, she said she did, but like how much medical treatment did she pursue? If if my loved one was immediately like, I need an exorcism because I'm possessed by the devil. But like, you crazy. Like, right. Yeah. But if they tried everything else and didn't work, I'd be like, okay, I might stick it out longer. You know? Right. Well, and how much, I mean, I don't know what the healthcare system in Italy, Italy is like. Yeah, I would true. think it would be more socialistic. Better than ours. Right. <laughs> socialism i mean or yeah. whatever it's called where you have access yeah but i don't know I don't um know. somebody from italy tell us yeah, we are severely <laughs> uneducated about this but we are americans we're stupid we're grasping for straws here because we're trying to understand this concept of an exorcism mm-hmm. and uh, yeah. i guess that um, was uh, we're, we're reaching the end charles we're reaching the end william and some other guy try to set up a interview with Christina. Mm-hmm. And she sets up the meeting place. So they go. She doesn't show up. But then she calls and she, or she's very aggravated, I guess, when they get a hold of her. And she's in another church. Right. So they go. This is July 4th, 2016. Exactly. They meet her at this other church. And of course... Much like Stan, who has a camera attached to him always, William, who we see has a camera attached to him always, conveniently does not. (laughs) Yeah, his camera into this church with his meeting with Christina and her husband or boyfriend. Right, and he says that it's freezing cold in the church. Mm -hmm. It was freezing cold inside, and we were trapped in a living nightmare. Christina was screaming. She slid around the floor in a cheap plastic chair, pulling her boyfriend Davide with her. He tried to hold her around the waist and throat. Give us back your film, he shouted at me. No, I want it shown, she screamed in the voice of the demon. I was terrified. It was a living nightmare, Charles. Yeah, and he goes on to vividly and excitedly describe that Christina is screaming. And at first, I thought he said she was slithering, but he was she was scooting around on the floor <laughs> in a chair. Yeah, a pla- a cheap plastic chair. Right, which I was like, I've been in cheap plastic chairs, and every time I try to scoot, I fell backwards and hit my head on something. <laughs> oh, or knocked over a grill. Um, <laughs> what? <laughs> so, yeah, don't ever do that in a cheap plastic chair. Do knocked not scoot over backwards. So many grills. <laughs> grill. People will, things will catch on fire. People. Uh, you'll ruin dinner. You will ruin barbecues, ruin going never, away parties. Never be invited back again. I never have been. Oh. That's why I had to move to Kansas City. <laughs> um, Gotta hear this. <laughs> and David, her boyfriend, is trying to restrain Christina as she's screaming and thrashing around in this chair and scooting all around the place. But then David. he threatens. Yes. So David, or The Davida, boyfriend, Davida. Is saying, give us the video back. So her, her video of the exorcism, he's like, give it back, give it back. Davide stared at me. If you don't give it back to us, we'll kill you. We'll find your family and we'll kill you all. What did you make of that? I, I don't know. 
There's no video. This There's is, no video. This is all what like, William's saying to us. Yeah, it sounds like a script right. from a movie. Mm-hmm. A shitty script, by the way. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Well, and it's like, why would he threaten to kill him and his entire family if they show, if he's not possessed also? Right, so are we supposed to assume that he is possessed at this point as well? Right, and I mean, William doesn't really go into much detail about, he doesn't expound upon, like, I think this happened because of this, or, you know, this happened because of this. It's mm-hmm. very, I don't, I don't get it. Yeah, I mean, basically after that they run out. And that's it. That's, that's it. it, you guys. You don't, you don't get any more, like... Um, did you press charges? Did you yeah. follow these people? Did you investigate more? Did you have a psych? Nothing. There's nothing. nothing. Which I was just like, okay, thanks for this big explosion in my face, and now you're done with me. <laughs> or, Story you know, of your life. <laughs> my, my, thanks for this, <laughs> yeah, climax, and, and now you're. it's just over. No callback. <laughs> so then we get to the end of July 2016, and... Poor Father Mort got pneumonia, yeah, pneumonia and then passed away two months later. Yeah, that um, was sad. Yeah, he seemed like a genuinely nice mm-hmm. person from like what we wanted, saw in this film. Yeah. Don't he know him in real life. To help people. And he believed in what he was doing. Mm-hmm. Um, he and thought, it, he was doing at good. one point, too, they mentioned that he, like, checked his mail every day and wrote wrote people back, like, Thousands of people were writing to him for help, like spiritual help, and he every day he'd take time to like write people back. And during this during this time, we see like clips of him kind of being goofy and funny, and even though he looks like the sloth from the Goonies, like he <laughs> really wow, that was hateful, but also true. Well, hateful, cutting. But when I first saw his face, I was a little terrified. I'm sorry. I said he looked like Mr. Potato Head. It's okay. okay. So, <laughs> I mean, when you are that old, I mean, good lord. Yeah. I'm just gonna wear a sack over my face so no one knows oh, what definitely. I look like. Sorry, you have to look at this. Like, bathe me. <laughs> I Pour me some more wine and sponge bathe I me. Apologize for living so long. Um, I... Yeah, it was. I felt sad and. And they show video of his funeral. Where there's so many freaking people. Yeah. Thousands of people, they said, come to see him. And they're all touching his coffin. Like. Well, because so many people. I kind of teared up. I was just. Yeah. Like, people love this man. They thought Mm -hmm. he was doing good. And I think he was doing good. Like, he seemed to genuinely care about people. And. Yeah. Well, and I think about all the people that cried when Princess Diana died. Yeah. Like, not that, that it's the same thing, but it's like, my mom like watched and she never met princess diana and right. but it's just like you know you think about people who have who help people and who have presented themselves in such a great way mm-hmm. in society of helping people and doing good for others it affects you it does affect you yeah. and when you die and you see other people upset it makes hopefully if you're human it makes you upset i mean unlike charles <laughs> unlike me yeah doesn't give two shits <laughs> <laughs> unless it's an animal and then and then the tears just don't stop flowing. But yeah, it that was interesting. And then we get uh, a cut back to Nadia from mm-hmm. way back when, when she was talking about how Father and Mort had helped her. And she goes on to say that she doesn't think that he's gone. Yeah, I mean... How did you take that? I just... Like, she just kind of said... I felt like she was saying, like, spiritually, he's still here. You know, the Catholic religion is very much... Seems to believe in, you know, the... the Purgatory? No. Uh, 
saints. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Saints and whatnot, like, praying to them. So I think she just kind of feels like he's still there. He's still watching over people. He's still helping people, but now in a different plane. Right. Well, and I took it as, like, so he exercised her. So he probably gave up part of himself Mm -hmm. to help her. And so she's, like, this man, in her mind, saved her life. Mm -hmm. Which I would think, you know, if I was... If I had been critically injured, fatally injured, or near fatally injured, and a doctor saved my life, I would never forget them either. That's true. Not that I'm trying to say that that's the same thing. I'm just trying to think Mm -hmm. of it in terms that I would understand more. Like, this person passed away. You know, like my pediatrician growing up, I loved her, and I never wanted to stop going to her. And they're like, well, you're 18, you have to find a doctor, like an adult doctor now. And, um... Yeah, and she was just such a comforting presence to me, which is weird because, you know, going to the doctor, you never want to go to the doctor, but she was just so great that I never feared going to see her. Someone who's touched you so deeply and in such a, I guess, in a healing way doesn't ever leave you. No. Paolo said that uh, Father Amort said, well, while he was working with him, I don't know if it was something he said often or whatever, but he joked that he couldn't wait to die so he could go beat Satan with a cane. That's right, yeah. Which I thought was pretty funny, and I was like, hell yeah! Go get him! You do it. (laughs) Face to face this time. Yeah. See what happens. So, God bless you, Father Amort. Hope you're beating Satan's ass right now. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Putting your nose off to him or whatever. Yeah, (laughs) thumbing your nose at him. Um, So I guess the ending... My own belief is that there is a far deeper dimension to the universe. We know there is evil. There is also good. And if there are demons, there must be angels. I didn't really know what to take of this ending. I just was like, well, it it didn't really answer... Any questions? And it... Did you believe it? Do you believe that she's possessed by the devil? To me, being possessed by the devil is a difficult thing because I'm like, can the devil possess multiple people? Because what would make her so special that the devil would want to possess her? Because I think of the devil as like the singular most Mm -hmm. evil entity and I feel like he would want to possess like a politician to (laughs) carry out some kind of evil plan and not some... 46-year-old female architect in Italy where there's 500,000 people who are seeking exorcism every year. Yeah, I believe this thought the same thing. Like, why... Is it the devil? Is it a demon pretending to be the devil to be more scary? Well, and the fact that she was saying when she was, quote, possessed, I am legion, that's from the Bible. Like, if you have grown up reading the Bible... You know, there's the guy who's like, I am Legion, and Jesus casts them out, and they go into the pigs, yeah. and they all run off the edge. The and, yeah. and But I, it's, that, it's that thing we keep talking about. It's like, well, if you're religious, it would make sense to you, like, oh, I am Legion. Like, this thing has been around forever. Maybe it is multiple spirits in her. Maybe this is what goes on over and over and over again. Or maybe it's fake, because... People just keep saying the same lines over and over and over again. Like, how... And that's... 
the devil's biggest deception, right? Like, right, yeah. To believe that the devil doesn't exist. Well, and I grew up going to church, but I never heard about anybody being possessed or like people having to cast out a a spirit of possession. Um, But that's my Midwest upbringing. And, you know, I, and I don't know, I never went to like one of the Southern churches where they speak in tongues and pick up snakes either. You know, there's so many weird, no, they're weird to me, I guess, but different forms of religion and they take different courses of mm-hmm. how their congregation and people react to them in different ways. I yeah. mean, if you go to church or if you believe in God or a different entity, do you believe in possessions? That's our question. My question for you guys, do you believe that people can be possessed by a spiritual being, whether it's a demon, a jinn, something else, you know, like, do you believe in that? Cause oh, why? Do it. I mean, the ultimate question is why do it? Why, why would the human? devil? Why would the de- right? Why, especially like like. So the Exorcist was written on a fourteen-year-old boy's possession. Like, why a fourteen-year-old boy? Right. I mean, what I, kind of outreach? Or... <laughs> I've seen the Omen. Like, I understand yeah. why that kid is like the son of the devil. Like, you know, but, but we're like, not talking about the son of the devil, <laughs> right? But yeah. But yeah. Yeah. I just, in today's day and age, I'm not saying it's not possible. I guess the devil is probably out just to torment people. Mm -hmm. Like, that's his thing, right? Like, he just likes to torture people. But if you can cause someone to sin, uh, let's say a pedophile, because that's in the news a lot lately. Like, a pedophile can hurt so many children mm-hmm. and then they in turn grow up and often they hurt so many people. So like that's more effective than say possessing one person in a small Italian town. Mm-hmm. I don't. I just feel like it's localized hysteria. Yeah. That's, I mean, not hysteria, but I will. Yeah. That's how I, I mean, there are cases of, have you ever heard of the dancing disease? No. Does that have anything to do with the movie Footloose? <laughs> no. Long, long time ago, like, there's documented cases where these small towns, and it's in Europe, where, like, somebody starts dancing, and then people just start joining in. And, like, they dance for days. Have you never done the Macarena? I did. And <laughs> I would consider that a disease. Like um, That's one of my go-to dances, and I can also perform it on roller skates. <laughs> So, <laughs> sorry, I didn't mean to deconstruct your beautiful story, but <laughs> I was saying, just... like, yeah, the mass hysteria is a thing, like, and it and it comes in different forms, including dancing, where it's it's a bizarre. First phenomenon. of all, how dare you call dancing <laughs> hysteria? Dancing queen. Yeah. Um. Well, the macarena was horrible. I am. <sighs> just I, gonna say it. That was like one of my go-to songs when I'm driving to work in the morning. It puts me in a good mood. Wow. I I think that one of the last weddings I was at, the DJ played it and, like, everybody boycotted the thing. It was just like, nope. I was trying to remember if I played it at my wedding. I didn't. Mm. I did not. You're too cool for school. I am. <laughs> um, anyway. It's, so. Who knows? Who knows? We don't What's know. What's happening here? I don't know. This did not make me believe in no. demonic possession. No, and um, I wanted it to so bad. I was so ready for a creepy 
friggin' documentary. Yeah, I mean, I feel like this one is definitely worth a watch. Even though it's a little bit disappointing, I feel, compared to what we've watched before, <laughs> um, this was just a nice, it was a nice change of pace as far as extraterrestrial or paranormal things. Yeah, and- it, assuming the exorcism was real, and I, I feel like the father, Amor, wouldn't fake anything, believe that he believed he was doing what he was doing. But uh, yeah, they just believe it. In the- but it. I guess, like, seeing the exorcism for the first time in, like, not a movie format, you know, I mean, it's it's real life. It's, when you see something in real life, it's kind of a letdown usually, but, like, it, it didn't seem super real. Mm-mm. I don't, but I don't know why this woman who was an architect, like, obviously she went through school, she probably had a good job at some point, like, is this just a mental break? Is it, was it too much stress in her life? Is it a tumor? Is it a tumor? We have so many questions for Christina. Yeah. I hope she's getting some sort of medical treatment. Right, yeah. I mean, you can only wish the best for these people, and obviously their family, her family was there to support her, which is important when you're dealing mm-hmm. with anything in your life but so i guess cl- any more closing thoughts i mean we kind of i've already brought this to a close yeah. i'm undecided i'm undecided yeah i am um, i mean i didn't think this would make me a believer i have read the bible i go to church um and i guess casting out spirits and demons has always been kind of a point of contention for me Just because I I studied psychology through Mm -hmm. college and um, I, I understand that where science ends, like there's other interpretations, but as far as human behavior and the brain goes, there's so much that we don't know. And I don't know if we can just brush it off to being a spiritual affliction. But that's... Also, not to say, like, even if it's not possession, that God couldn't heal them in some way. No, you're, I'm, you're definitely right, because I do believe in, in yeah. God healing people. Yeah. Um, or in that, I, like, I'm a Christian, too. Like, I believe in God healing people, and but I also believe in, like, the power of mindful healing. Like mm-hmm. It's your mindset, mm-hmm. who you surround yourself with. I mean, it, there. I feel like there's so many different so many things factors. to go into yeah. your health that you're not cognizant of. But when you look at the big picture, there's there's a lot that goes into your Very well-being. Complicated. You know, it starts with your mental well-being and permeates yeah. outward. I feel in and yeah. in, in your spiritual well-being. So this got super deep. I did not <laughs> think we were going to go to this length. Um, but it, I mean, I feel like this is a super personal topic because it, yeah. it, you know, pertains to religion, which a lot of people yeah. are, you know, don't believe, believe, or they are conflicted about. It's not mm-hmm. something that people feel super comfortable, right. I think, talking about, especially um, in our day, because... Because... We just, you know, yeah, you don't know how people feel and you don't want to seem crazy. Because the church has done a lot of shitty things. Right. Yeah. Especially within the Catholic church. Yeah. So Um, continues. But yeah, I. Definitely worth a watch. Worth a watch. It was not that long. I think it was only a little over an hour. Yeah, it was pretty short. The only thing that still blows my mind a little bit is the voice, even though you say you think it was altered. If it wasn't altered, it's freaking creepy. It is. Yeah, it is super creepy. But 
That's, I mean, that's, if that's the evidence I have to go on, then I can't say it's possession. Right. Yeah. So. But, well, thank you guys for joining us for another episode. We hope that you um, have been enjoying your time with us. We (laughs) have certainly enjoyed getting together and drinking some wine and talking about these strange documentaries. Um, Mm -hmm. Uh, Don't forget to rate, subscribe, and review. We will give you a shout out. Yes, we will call you out by name or your username, whatever you prefer. If you want to be anonymous. We will call you whatever you want. Yeah, we are on Facebook, Mysterious AF. You can join our group. We are also on Instagram, Mysterious underscore AF (laughs) (laughs) underscore podcast. Um, Karen, who you probably have seen, is going to be making an appearance again. She's just... Kind of had her heart broken. Yeah. She's trying to find her place in the world. She's been trying on some new outfits. And she's just, you know, looking to make her mark in the world. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Um, next up for her is probably a wig. She's been she's been looking at some hairdos yeah, online. Yeah, that head and... size is hard to fit. Yeah. <laughs> so, again, thank you Don't guys. Karen, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much for listening thank to you, us. We you. appreciate it, and we hope that you're enjoying us. And if you have suggestions for a documentary to watch or a topic that you would like us to look into, yes, please. please let us know. We would appreciate that. And we hope you guys uh, have a great week, and we'll talk to you next time. Bye. I've heard, Charles. Don't look at me like that. I haven't done it. I've just heard.